Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today we're going to teach you how to tell, tell your, your story. story. So Dwight, we talked about player conflict in the last one a little bit. So let's talk about player conflict. Yeah, in depth. Yeah, so um, player conflict is a big deal. So there are, as a general rule, there's kind of five different types of groups. Um, the first group is considered to be a toxic group. It means that there's a lot of infighting, there's a lot of arguments, there's a lot of us versus them, and it could be us versus the GM. It could be us versus the other side of us, where like it's two two party members versus three party members, and the GM's caught in the middle. Um, bullying people is very common. Telling people what to do with their character is very common. Telling people, how, you know, and I, a lot of times you might be telling the new player what to do. And it could just be simply like, yeah, you need to roll the d20 first to make the attack, and then you'll roll damage if you land the attack. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is something like, dude, I need you to get over there and flank so I can do my my sneak attack. And it's like, what if I'm not going to go do that? What if I have a spell I'm going to cast or something like that? Um, it's, it's not, it, it, you know, there's a difference between, uh, a conversation of, Hey, the fighters should always move into a flanking position so that the rogue can do some sort of sneak attack or something along those lines versus a, I'm going to tell you how you and you and you how to run your character. So my character can be great. It's like, that's a kind of a toxic group. And I've been involved in a toxic group where I'll just throw this out the i think the gm thought i was hitting on his wife i was not hitting on his wife mm-hmm. but there was this assumption that i was and it instead of him dealing with me on that or even discussing that with me it went into this anytime that our since he was the gm and i was a player he was always trying to kill my player he was backstabbing my player he was doing things that the rules said he could not even do with my character he was taking out his aggression on your character in a very passive aggressive just way having a heart to heart talk about whatever the problem may be whatever he's perceiving is happening you know um in the end of the day i me that whole group broke up uh three of us three out of five left <laughs> and started a different group on a different part of the city. Um, honestly, then there's another type. There's this party group. This is the group that I think most people kind of think of. There's a lot of memes on this. You know, it's like um, our D and D party when we first started out and they show the picture of the Lord of the Rings and the fellowship leaving. And it's like our party six months later and it shows like a money Python type of cast. And And so this is the, the party's really rarely ever serious. They're always quoting memes or movies. There's a ton of inappropriate side talking that's not about anything. And the GM is left either begging to play the game, yelling to play the game, or is literally just lost control entirely and just sits back, raises their hands, and just does nothing. Mm-hmm. And um, it almost is like, uh, even though you're playing with a bunch of adults, they're acting like middle schoolers. I can say that because I work with middle schoolers in a volunteer capacity and it's like, they don't want to take you seriously. They're not taking serious. They're just going to sit and party the entire time. And it's really hard to get that group back because I mean, you can lay out some ground rules for them to say, are we playing this game or are we not playing this game? Because if the whole point of all of us is to get together and just socialize or something, maybe we just start playing 
like, you know, exploding kittens or something, as opposed to me putting in hours of work on there's, a D&D there's campaign. There's several card games and board games out there, so why are we doing this well, when I have this time sink that you're not taking seriously? Right, because let's just be honest. If you're a game master, even a game master that's doing a, a very lazy game master, you're still sinking in at least a half an hour to an hour a week. Yeah, at least. And if you're really into it or you have a big dungeon you have to deal with, you're going to sink three, four hours in to kind of prepare it and know it. And if you're doing pre-run campaigns, pre-made campaigns, you're probably rereading or at least reading the book through once or at least the next couple of chapters to figure out what's going on. You're trying to get that straight in your head. There's a time commitment from the game master that's not from the player. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal. Um, there's another type, which is, uh, uh, one player versus the game master. And man, you know, this is where one player views the game master as the opponent, not the monsters on the field, not the storyline, not the big bad. The big bad is the game master and the game master is always out to kill the player. And the real problem with that is, look, it doesn't take much to kill players. I mean, seriously, um, let me go and... I'll just give you for instance, doesn't matter what level these guys are. So your players are walking into a tavern. Next thing you know, the tavern actually opened a planar dimensional gate into the uh, the dimension of fire. They're taking 1d6 fire damage every round, and now they're surrounded by giant, really angry ele- fire elementals that are now going to slam them to death. And in the next, I don't know... Less than 20 minutes, the entire party is burned to a crisp and then disintegrated because their body is literally burning in the elemental plane of fire. I can kill a player in no no time whatsoever. Or you throw down a really dark cave as they're walking through an orb of annihilation and they accidentally walk into it. So many things. There's so many ways to go that way if he's out to get you. Yeah, so in reality, if you're in this situation, just talk to the guy or gal, mostly guys, (laughs) Uh, just talk to the, to the person who's thinking you're out to get them and just ask them why they think that and what you've done to show them that somehow you're out to get them. Mm-hmm. And maybe you, you know, in a non-confrontational way, explain, like, if I was really out to get you, I could just be out to get you. But do you feel like I'm singling you out more than anything else? And to be honest, if they're playing like, if they're playing the guy who's supposed to be in front of everybody taking the hits, they're going to get hit more because that's their role. Like, Your job's the fighter. Of course you're going to get hit by everything. <laughs> right. Now, if I'm, if I'm, if your job is the mage and I'm intensely dropping, like every, every invisible rogue apparently is always in every cavern and going after you as the mage, they probably have a point then. And you might be trying to subconsciously kill them and you need to knock that off too. Now, then there's another one, which is the uninterested player. And hopefully you only have one, if zero, of these people. These are the people that are on their phone more than they are in the game. And nine times out of ten, the reason for it is probably because they haven't bought into the concept or they're not happy with their character um, in some way that basically fundamentally they've just kind of tapped out. They're still here for the group, but they're not here for themselves. Mm-hmm. I'd pull them aside and just go, hey, what's going on? How can we make this better? And literally offer them the ability, if they want to, just to roll up a new character or slot, uh, you know, maybe they made a really bad choice with one of their stats a long time ago. Like instead of, you know, they, they leveled up the wrong stat and now they've crippled their character and they didn't realize it at the time because they didn't have the experience. Well, you could punish them for the next year of their life 
Or you could just tell them to swap it. Like we all make mistakes. And the coolest thing about any RPG is if we're all playing together as a group, then the idea is for the group to have a good memorable time. And if there's something that they did a long time ago that messed up their character, but they feel is beyond repair, give them the option of either fixing their character, like strip it down. Mm Mm-hmm. Here's how you strip your character down from scratch. Here's what I'll let you go back up to and just do it. Or, oh, it's only those two things that you messed up on. We'll just fix them. Like, just tell me what you'd want to do. And then I'm okay with it. I'm not saying give them godlike powers or break their character. I'm just saying let them fix their character in the way that the rules would allow if they'd done it right the first time. Yeah. It Honestly, you'll, you'll, that little change will probably make them interested again and you'll love yourself for just literally spending five minutes and telling them just fix your character and bring me the sheet as long as you don't do anything too crazy i'm fine with it Mm -hmm. you know and then finally there's one group which really since we're talking about conflict we shouldn't talk about but we should talk about because we're talking about conflict this is the last the the where you want to be this is the group that trusts one another this is the group that everyone likes each other for the most part. I mean, I'm not saying there's no conflict. I'm not saying occasionally you don't yell at one another. I'm just saying like a family, you all generally enjoy each other's company. Mm-hmm. You're all happy that each other are there. You're sad if somebody's sick or misses for some reason. No one's bullying each other. Yeah, there's going to be some movie quotes. There's going to be some memes. There might be some side talking at the beginning. But once the GM's like, okay, let's play the game. maybe 90%, let's just be honest, of the time is now spent playing the game. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're able to roll in secret. They trust you to do that. They know you're not trying to screw them. Uh, They're happy to ask you questions. You're happy to answer those questions. And you're happy to have the dialogue that needs to happen. And, yeah, they're also happy to argue with you if they think you made a bad call. And you're willing to hear them out and either stick to your guns or say, yeah, you're right. That was a bad call. And then reverse your call. Again, as a game master, you're not perfect. I'm not mm-hmm. perfect. No one's perfect. And so sometimes you, you make a bad call. One way to start this toxicness or the uninterestedness or the player versus GM or even the party atmosphere is to stick to your guns at all times. Never admit when you're wrong and when you know your players to be right. Instead, hear them out. And I have a rule. I just try to think of, even though it's crazy because we're dealing with magic and everything else, I try to think of anything like, if this was really happening, what would the physics of it look like? Yes. So, and the physics says it can't happen. I just explain it. I don't see. But argue with me. Like, Mm -hmm. explain how you would see the physics of it work. Yeah. And you've been there. I've reversed my decisions many times. There was uh, one time where I tried to go down the ladder into the well, and you had manacles shut on me into water with chokers, drowners or chokers, whatever those things are. And we had to be able to argue with you that I could still use my hands to pull the thing off of me because you only shackled me at my wrists. I still have the ability to pull my elbows and use my hands to get to my face. I can't do manipulation beyond that, but I have enough strength as a barbarian to rip the thing off. And since the thing was attacking your face, you still had two hands that were functional. Um, And I think I just gave you like a minus two or something to it because you, you did have a, you you having wooden shackles and it's a little bit cumbersome because I can't manipulate where I need to pull it off. Right. But I have the ability to pull it off, which is different than, Nope, sorry, you're drowning. Uh huh. (laughs) 
which is what I went with. And then you said, no, hear me out. And you demonstrated. And I went, oh, no, you're 100% right. Yeah, but I'm going to have to rule that there's at least a there's a problem. You can't do it without yeah, anything. Yeah, I'm like, that's completely fine. But no way I can't hold on. Yeah. Hold and pull the thing so, off. Anyway, there's a practical example of your players having the trust in you to argue with, with you. And not getting angry, but just like asking them to plead their case. Mm-hmm. And if you're a good GM and they're a good player, you guys can work out anything. So those are the types of conflicts you're running into. Those are some ideas to get around those conflicts. Hopefully that's been very helpful to you. Hey, thanks for listening. And for more resources, please go to SkullRPG.com.